Hey, G. Hey, Monique. So this is the final episode of the season. Are you super excited? I'm excited. I can't even believe that we got here so fast because it's been such an interesting journey. So many amazing women. You said it. I mean, this whole season has been wild for all of us. Um, What do you have planned for us today? So I thought I'd switch it up. I know you thought you were coming on to be interviewed, but actually I want you to interview me. What? Uh, so you're today's guest? <laughs> yes, I am. Don't, don't be disappointed. <laughs> uh, what are we going to talk about? Well, I'm glad you asked. Hi, everyone, and welcome to More with Monique. Today's episode is going to be a little different than the others, but will also sound familiar. We've talked about a lot of important issues this season, and we've heard wonderful stories from wonderful women that I hope inspired you as much as they inspired me. We talked about choosing more awareness, intuition, courage, faith, healing, sex, honesty, and purpose. What we didn't talk about and what we're going to be talking about today is how those choices directly reflected a pivotal time in my life when I had a major health scare and how all of these moments coalesced into the idea of choosing more in the first place. Okay, let's get to it. Okay, Monique, so now that I'm the host and you're the guest, maybe we should change the name of this podcast to More with Genevieve. Don't get too comfortable. No, I'm just playing, I'm just playing. (laughs) Why don't you set the scene for us? When does this all take place? So it was late 2016. Uh, I had a cesarean in 2011 with my first son. And I'm feeling the cesarean and I'm noticing that it feels tender when I touch it now. Uh, The scar is just there. It's a part of my body. So sometimes I've touched it. And that morning it was tender. So I went to the doctor actually for something else. And at the end of the appointment, when I'm putting my clothes back on, I'm like, oh, wait, by the way, something felt tender. And so she scheduled an ultrasound and she calls me back later and says, you know what? We should probably do a biopsy. So I'm at the doctor's office, no less on the inauguration day of 45. Ugh, that could not have been a good omen. So what happened besides our country being ruined? It was two male doctors, and I remember them asking me, how are you feeling? And I was kind of just, you know, knowing the inauguration was going on, it was playing in the waiting room. I was like, what particular are you talking about? And I was just kind of speaking to the moment, and I could tell the doctor might have been a Trumper, so I was a little bit nervous about that. So after the biopsy, the doctor calls me in, and they say you should go see another doctor who is going to help you with your results because it's some kind of oncology thing. So at this point, you're thinking like, this is just kind of like a benign growth. I really didn't think much about it at all. I was just thinking, okay, you know, got to figure out what to do. And I'm at the doctor's office by myself again. Rich had asked, should I come with you? And I was like, oh no, it's not that big a deal. And it didn't dawn on me that this was something that I should take more seriously until I heard the doctor say, you know, when I have patients with cancer, I give them a certain drug. And I was like, whoa, Whoa, whoa. Yeah. And that that was the moment. That was the moment. I I felt like Charlie Brown in his class, you know, with his teacher, where all you hear the teacher going, wah, wah, wah. After he told me that, everything kind of just went out of my brain. Yeah. Um, and that was the moment I became aware. 
I was aware that I was dealing with something so much more serious than I even thought to think of. Like that doesn't happen in my world. So I remember when we first talked about it, I was feeling nervous and worried and like not really sure how to support you and talk with you about it. But then you talked to something else about it. Yes, something else. That's true. Not someone else. I had the awareness that this was life-changing. And then something kicked in. I mean, first thing was, oh, I'm going to get better healthcare. I'm going to go outside of my HMO and go pay out of pocket and go to Cedars. And the doctor there, she said, are you done having children? And I was like, what? If you have to ask me that question, then whatever you're trying to do next is not going to work for me. I was done having children, but that question really scared me and showed me that whatever her solution was did not make sense necessarily for my body. So I literally started having conversations with the tumor because what I found was that it had a lot of information to offer me. Hmm. Sounds like these were pretty insightful conversations. What did it say? A lot of what the tumor told me was, you have been silencing yourself. You've been hiding your voice. You've been keeping all that you want to like let out into the world inside yourself. It has nowhere to go. So it has become me. I am all that energy, all that stuck energy. And it was telling me, you care too much about what other people think. You're afraid that you're going to be left alone, but you will die if you do not move forward and let this art out. Wow. So what was it like talking to your tumor? I mean, what did she sound like? Can you give us a sense of those conversations? It was very no nonsense and it was very loving and it was very to the point. Like, look, you have something to express in the world. You're afraid to express it because you feel like you're going to be left alone. You know why people stayed with the tribe back in the day, because otherwise they'd be left and banished to the wilderness to die. And so there's that energy that was inside me that was worried that if I go against or outside the norm of what's been expected of me, I may die. But ultimately, it really made me trust my own inner wisdom. It really was a guiding North Star for me to know that even though I felt scared, even though I felt like I might be banished, even though people might judge me, I didn't have a choice. Like the wisdom was the way to go. Mm. So that kind of takes us to like where the cowardly lion discovers that he has courage and you really recognizing the courage and the bravery and the trust in yourself. Do you remember the back and forth between us and the rest of the family who really wanted you to have surgery? Yeah, it was actually really tough. I mean, fortunate or not, I'm surrounded by a lot of doctors who love me and who really had a hard time when I started even toying with the idea of handling this tumor naturally. I remember Renee asking me to send her the scans and she shared it with a radiologist colleague. And he came back to her and said, if this were my family member... I would have her go do surgery right away. And that was very confronting because, of course, you know, people have medical training and I don't have that medical training, but I had something else inside me that was saying, that is not the way for you. Like there is a real wisdom and gift in this experience if you can let yourself go through it. And so, you know, of course, mom is, you know, very much about like, 
taking care of us. She loves us so much. And she couldn't see that my choice to heal myself naturally and with alternative ways, that that was a realistic or smart possibility. And I also remember my other doctor friend, uh, like literally bawling her eyes out because one, she was so sad that this was what was happening, but two, that I wasn't necessarily willing to follow the course of medicine that they all knew. Yeah. Jeez. That sounds like a lot. All of these people you love pointing you in one direction and you really feeling like you needed to go in a different direction. How did you hold all of that together? I had faith in this wisdom that had come to me through the conversations with the tumor. I mean, it's not every day you sit down and have a conversation with an inside part of your body and it gives you information and tells you, uh, you have been keeping your voice quiet for too long. You do not need to be doing surgery. What you need to be doing is expressing yourself, putting your art out in the world, like really taking those steps. That was a revelation of sorts because- That doesn't happen to me every day. And it was like a light got turned on. And so from that point forward, I decided to figure out how to heal my body. When I tell you some of the things that I did and some of the laws I almost broke, (laughs) I just, I'm going to take a break right now. I need a break. Do you need a break? I could use a break, but I'm also excited to hear the rest of the story. Hey, it's Monique here. I am so excited for you to experience my brand new album, You Are the Sovereign One, coming out August 27th. You can go to any streaming service and pre-save it now. You see, with me, every song is a lesson and I want you to experience all the lessons of the new album. That's why I've created the You Are the Sovereign One course, which is a seven-week program that starts in September. You still have time to access exclusive early bird prices on this seven-week course. Be sure to check out my social media for further details. You can find me on Instagram, Facebook, or TikTok at I am Monique DeBose. Okay, so where were we? Healing, right? Right. Now, the desmoid tumor that I had been given the diagnosis of is a cancer by classification, but it doesn't operate the same way as quote unquote, traditional cancers. So I went into all different kinds of healing modalities based on this tumor explaining to me I needed to be putting my creative art out and that I needed to heal it naturally. So many things came into my world around healing. I started eating only vegan. I started doing uh, Chinese medicine, acupuncture, cupping, Um, I started taking lots of Chinese uh, herbs. I started down this rabbit hole of cannabis and CBD oil and looking up different ways that people were healing cancers. Um, I was also writing in my journal every day. I was deep into creative work. You Are the Sovereign One, the album that will be coming out uh, in a couple of weeks, was a big body of work that I worked on. I also wrote my one-woman show, Mulatto math, summing up the race equation in America, where was just talking about race and identity and all the pieces that I had just always tried to like hide away and pretend didn't exist, but made my personality really boring. <laughs> so that's what I was doing. Yeah, that's a lot. Whatever works for you, honestly, because people have to do what makes sense for them. And there's more than one way to heal. So it sounds like you were just really open to all kinds of ideas. And what happened with the tumor? Do you guys still talk to each other? 
the tumor was my guide the whole way through. So we were in conversation. I remember sitting at the computer working on a scene in Mulatto Math, my hands on the keyboards, and I am literally crying, saying out loud, I cannot write this. I do not want the world to know this. And I remember the tumor's voice just so clear being like, you have to. Mm. And just crying, looking away, you know. It led me to go see healers that I hadn't yet gone to go see. I saw a woman who did divinations and I went to her home and she threw out this beautiful mud cloth and like all these pieces that she'd collected and told a whole story about my experience and my life through these pieces. And one of the things that came out of it was sex is a very important piece for me to alchemize energy. Like my body is something that really needs sex. It's like I shift energy. It it really is like alchemy through sex. That sounds like a juicy message. Say more about that. Well, it was juicy and very complicated because as soon as she shared that sex was a way of healing for me, when she was speaking to that, I knew immediately who she was talking about. And she wasn't saying, oh, you need to go have sex with a person. But I just knew that there was a person that I'd had in my past who really came into the foreground. And so I actually stepped outside of my marriage to really go experience that sexual healing. So wait, let me get this straight. So you planned that out? I mean, what did you say to Rich? Well, it was a very complicated experience for myself. I knew what I needed to do for healing for my body. And I also knew that that might not be something that he would be okay with for all the obvious reasons. So I think there was a part of me that just felt like this isn't about him. This isn't about your marriage. This is about your life. This is about you healing this tumor. And so from that place, that's what I did. So I went and registered for a course in the area where this person was. And the course was amazing. It was with Carolyn Mace, who is a spiritual medical intuitive. And so that was part of my plan. It was a healing adventure trip. And so I remember having this like amazing five days with Carolyn Mace And asking her to do a medical intuitive reading, her telling me she would not do one because that's not what she did anymore. But then her eventually sharing information with me about my body, which was very helpful. And then I made the conscious effort to create an opportunity to have sex with this person as well in service to healing my body. Wow. Okay. I got so many questions. I want to know how this sex was actually healing you. Like, did you feel that like healing in the moment or was that a gradual thing? And and how long was this happening for? (laughs) Okay. You got a lot of questions. (laughs) Yeah. So it happened over a finite amount of time, uh, over a couple of days. That's really the truth of it. And it was, I think the me saying yes to healing my body, the me saying yes to trusting my intuition, the me saying yes to knowing that the combination of our two bodies and the energy that is created and moved in that space, me trusting that that was healing for myself, 
all of that made it so important. And honestly, I would do it again if I were in that same position, even with all that like happened in the wake, because there was a lot that came from that. But it was the saying yes to trusting myself and to owning that desire, to owning that intention that really helped me just be okay with it. Like I knew there was going to be some hard stuff that came after, but it was my life. So to me, that that's not even a question. Mm. So in the moment, it was magical and it felt delicious and it was beautiful. And I was setting intentions before the moment happened and really lingering in that energy field. I really do believe it made a huge shift in my healing process. I think about this and my mind immediately goes to guilt. Like, did you ever feel guilty about any of this? I absolutely felt guilty because I wasn't completely honest in my relationship. And I knew that that would hurt my husband. But I also felt like I know that this is important for me and I'm okay with it. And everything in my mind was fine until Rich got a phone call from this person's significant other wanting to talk to him about what she had discovered. Ooh, so what happened? So that's when I had to really just go in full, deep honesty with Rich and tell him everything. We had had an open relationship at a certain point in our marriage, and we came together in that way. But that wasn't on the table in this moment. So it was a hard conversation, but I had to be honest with him because I felt really guilty. And that was a cost worth paying for me to have my life. Man, that sounds like some real, authentic, radical honesty, Monique. Did you talk to this person's wife? Like, how was that? Uh, No, I did not talk to her. And Rich did not talk to her. I did have conversations with the guy and I don't know if it was devastating for Rich, but it was very painful. The idea and why I did it, I think he really did understand. It was more than not being honest in the moment beforehand. That was very hurtful. And it has been a powerful journey of honest conversation back and really like showing everything and actually having to have more and more honest conversations with him, but with myself as well around what it is I actually need to like live the best life that is here for me. Yeah. Where did that leave you? So this whole journey, like from being diagnosed with a Desmore tumor to talking to the tumor, to trusting my own wisdom, to making radical choices of sex outside the marriage, to like having to really face things and be really honest, it brought me to a new sense of purpose. What do you mean exactly by that? What is that? Well, I mean, what I'm all about is really owning all the parts of ourselves. And I feel like through this entire health journey, the epiphany that we as women get to choose more for ourselves, whatever that looks like. I've talked about how the tumor also told me that I needed to be putting my creative gifts out into the world no matter what. I've manifested multiple creative projects that have come out of it. The album, the one-woman show, this podcast, everything. Yeah, you created this podcast and all of these things, but it's a gift for any of us who get the pleasure of listening to these stories, hearing your music, seeing your, your art on the stage. So thinking of all those things, let's get back to the tumor. I mean, how are you physically feeling now? Well, here's the amazing thing. The tumor has shrunk significantly. 
the surgical oncologist I see, he used to have me coming to do MRIs every six months. Over the last two years, I've just gone annually because he's like, keep doing what you're doing. And so I really, truly believe trusting our own selves and listening to our inner wisdom is an amazing path that I took. And obviously you have to decide what is the right path for you. So I am actually really grateful that that tumor came and shook me awake in 2016. And do you and the tumor still talk to each other? (laughs) Um, We do still talk sometimes, but um, I do spend more of my time these days singing with it. So, (laughs) Like singing more? Oh, yes. Would you like to sing more with me? Yes, always. Oh, I need a minute to myself. I'm going to take my ovaries off the shelf and be the woman that I know I am. While it's small, that's not my plan. Because I choose me. Me. (laughs) Choose more. Choose me. Hi, it's Monique again. Just because this is the last episode of season one doesn't mean our conversations have to end. To continue the conversation, be sure to join the Women Choosing More group on Facebook. And if you'd like more information about how you can come on the You Are the Sovereign One experience with me beginning in September this year, be sure to check out my social media for further details. You can find me on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at I am Monique DuBose. And now it's time for the Choose More Minute. When we choose to be vulnerable and share deeply of ourselves, we can experience something Brene Brown calls the vulnerability hangover. I've got one right now. But I wouldn't have it any other way because I believe when we own all the parts of ourselves, only then can we truly be free. A great tool to help in choosing more vulnerability is moving my body. It's a natural reset button and helps me get back to that neutral state. When you're feeling a lot, choose a piece of music that inspires you to move. Remember this tool the next time you feel vulnerable or overwhelmed in emotion as you keep choosing more. Remember, our goal is to fill our tool belt with tools that help us choose more. Monique DuBose, and I choose more for all of us. Thank you so much for joining me for season one. Our producers are Larry Carlat and Hannah Randall. Administration by Angela York. And today's episode was edited and mixed by Ronnie Mickelson. Our theme song was written by yours truly. I hope you have a great summer and I'll be back for another season soon. But until then, remember to... Be the woman that you know you are. Don't you say it girl travel farther. Do 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 do